Go for it. What's up, everyone? Uh, I'm Jared. And I'm Jordan Stuart. Faulkner. Uh, and we are the hosts of Sportletical, a uh, podcast that we're going to be starting here over the next few months, something that we've really uh, had in had in the works for a while now. A um, little bit about Jordan and myself. We met probably the first or second week of our freshman year at Robert Morris uh, after our intro to sport management class. Uh, became friends freshman year, lived with each other sophomore, junior, and our senior year of college, and we both graduated uh, last week. Yeah, it's been a while. And yeah, I actually remember our uh, our very first, uh, I think, debate, I, or, you know, I guess uh, he did take was the Ryan Reeves to the Penguins um, <laughs> trade. Um, Jared, I, if, if memory serves, you were a fan of it, and I was not. And, um, you know, it, it, it's all you know, neither here nor there, but is, um, in the past, Ryan Reeves is a solid player. Just not, he didn't fit the, you know, didn't fit the mold for Pittsburgh, but, um, you know, we're here and we're excited to be doing this and, you know, this will, you know, evolve over time. You know, our editing skills, especially mine are not that great. So, you know, we're we're just going to try to, um, look at the sports world from a, um, objective and analytical lens. And, you know, just kind of provide our thoughts, insight, and analysis on, you know, NHL, NFL, NBA, to a lesser extent, NBA. Um, <laughs> but, um, and, and can't forget baseball, too. Baseball, you know, call me in October. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll chip in here and there on, on baseball. But, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the main goal of this will be to, you know, just provide some um, – insightful sports analysis and then you know we, we've talked about some uh, entertaining pop culture uh, segments that we can uh, kind of work in here down the line so we'll see where that goes yeah and just to add to that the conversations that jordan and i have had over the years just from living with each other about sports um there's a ton of them and if we can provide some entertaining and informational content to other people and that's kind of all we want to do yeah yeah um, some of them, for instance, would be um, uh, us claiming that Toronto should fire Mike Babcock and then them doing it in the middle of a sport analytics club meeting, which was really on point. And then others can include me missing, mixing up D- DK Metcalf of the Seahawks with uh, DK Fluker, who's a offensive tackle. So <laughs> it's, it, it's DJ. Oh, yep, yep, yep. See, that's my point. That's my point. I don't know. I don't know who's who. But yeah, um, you know, just kind of stuff like that, where you know, we're we hit and we miss. You know, just like everyone else, and uh, you know, we just hope to hit more than we miss. So, but we're gonna swing. So that's the point. So you know, um, Jared, if you want to um, go in on our topics for this. Um, First annual sport political episode. Go right ahead. So, over the past few weeks, there's been some developing stories in the sports world. Um, one of the bigger ones being the controversy regarding Aaron Rodgers and the state of him and the Green Bay Packers. So, we're going to touch on that a little bit. Another thing that we kind of want to talk about is uh, with the NFL draft being about two weeks ago now. Um, Jordan is a big fan of pro football focus. Uh, I, I enjoy reading their stuff too. We're going to kind of take a look at uh, how PFF graded the Steelers draft and our takes on how we thought the Steelers did. And then we'll close our very first episode out with some predictions for uh, the first round of the NHL playoffs, which are uh, starting this weekend. 
And I'm just to kind of build on that, the uh, middle part of what Jared just mentioned there, I also want to touch on how PFF grades the Steelers as a whole. Because, you know, most of the Steelers fan base, I don't think, like, is a fan of PFF. And, and even some of their beat writers, I don't think, are fans of PFF. And quite frankly, I, I think PFF more times than not nails it. And they don't really care what, you know, you or I or anyone else really thinks of them. And, and I think there's a lot to be said for that because their their analysis is um, pretty pretty unbiased and uh, pretty um, on the spot for the most part. So um, with that being said, let's dive into the um, Aaron Rodgers, um, the the ever evolving Aaron Rodgers uh, rumor mill. It's like a the, the wheel of fortune. You know, there's a new story each and every day. You just you know just gotta spin it and you know see where things go. So, um, Jared, what are your yeah, takes on it? Uh, well, first and foremost, Jordan and I are very much so on the same page regarding this topic. Uh, you got a star quarterback, future Hall of Famer in Green Bay. And for whatever reason, the front office there just cannot make him happy, it seems. And it doesn't seem like he's asking for much. Uh, they've just done some things transaction-wise that are a little puzzling. Um, obviously the 2020 draft taking Jordan Love in the first round when they know that Aaron Rodgers needs a second receiver to go alongside Devontae Adams. And then this year, taking a cornerback, another defensive player. I don't remember what the exact stat is, Jordan. You probably know this. When was the last time they took an offensive player? In the first um, round? I don't know the exact year, but I think it's one, one offensive skill player over the last decade in the first round. Absolutely insane. Yes, you know, like my 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 stance on it is this: I, I think, really, in like sports as a whole, I I feel is trending in the direction of, you know, e- either you build around your generational or star talent or whoever it is, a, 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 as a front office, you need to correctly and properly build a quality roster and, and supporting cast around them. So that you know they're they're allowed to contend each and every year, and, and you need a coach that you know. Hopefully, you can find a coach that you know can develop that relationship, like like a Belichick and Brady, or or like a Steve Kerr and uh, Steph Curry out in Golden State, where you, you, there's just such a sense of trust between the the coach and the star, where you know that they have a lot of faith in one another, and that has not been the case in Green Bay, um, whether it be Mike McCarthy or now Matt Lafleur. Um, Green Bay has not done enough to keep Aaron Rodgers happy. Um, you, you know, like I, I saw some rumors last week that um, Green Bay was contemplating trading up for Justin Jefferson, the uh, now Vikings um, wide receiver in the 2020 NFL draft. Well, when Minnesota traded up and beat Green Bay, who was apparently Green Bay was apparently looking for a um, a wide receiver, and then they lost down Jefferson, so they went and drafted the quarterback, which which I don't really agree with, um, and. Like you know, you kind of you kind of look at the the way that you know the the Tampa Bay Bucks for 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 instance and Green Bay, like you know, it's like t- t- Tampa Bay by by no way, shape, or form that you know they're not some model franchise. They they went out and they they did free agency the right way. They found some bargains and you know it helps when you bring in Tom Brady. But Tampa Bay, mind you, and I'm sure as most of our listeners are aware, they drafted. Kyle Trask, who's a quarterback in the second round of this most recent draft. 
in Tampa Bay, they consulted with Tom Brady and gave him a heads up ahead of time. Green Bay did not do that. Like this isn't rocket science. It's just like giving giving the face of your franchise at what is probably the most important position in sports a heads up. Like, hey, we might be doing this. You're still our guy. And Green Bay just doesn't do that. You know, they I just I just can't wrap my head around why they don't want to build around the the league MVP and a, probably a top ten quarterback of all time. Yeah. What do you think? Rodgers has what five good seasons left in him? Yeah, I mean that's probably the max. But yeah, I mean I think I definitely think that he, you know every, every team in the league, with the exception of maybe five, should be on calling Green Bay each and every day. I mean, and that includes yeah. Pittsburgh. You know, like Aaron, if a guy like Aaron Rodgers wants out of there, like he he moves the needle a ton, and you know ultimately. Wherever he goes, Denver, which I which I would love to see him in Denver, would uh would would instantly become a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I think Denver would be a really good landing spot there. Uh, they've done in their last few drafts, they've done a pretty decent job building up that offense. Jerry Judy, I think, is going to be a pretty solid receiver. Uh, Noah Fant, really really solid tight end. You know, the one thing that kind of confused me about the whole Jordan Love pick last year's draft is Devontae Adams is already 28 with Rodgers yeah. having three, four, five, maybe five seasons left in green Bay. Say Devontae stays there. That takes him to his age 33, 32, 33 season. You know, we don't see receivers play later in their careers. Who's Jordan yeah. Love going to throw the ball to? Yeah. I mean, it well, just, and really, well, two things to build off that. One, Aaron Rodgers is 37. Your window to right. win is right now. They, 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 you need to win a Super Bowl right now. And, and it has – their, their window has been open, and they've yeah. done nothing to yeah. capitalize on it. Yeah, and, and it, to, to your point about Jordan Love and, you know, who's he going to throw the ball to, well, we don't really know if they have or what their, you know, kind of evaluation process is or track record is in drafting receivers because they haven't done it in a damn decade. So, so it's like, how, how the hell do we know? Like, you know, like it, it just drives me crazy that like Aaron Rodgers, he he elevates these. I, I they're not they're not scrubs, but like they're they're not high end or elite level talents, with the exception of a Greg Jennings for that time or Devontae. Jordy, yeah, Jordy, Jordy Nelson. Nelson, yeah. So, you know, like. He, he's kind of just had one or two receivers and, and really nothing else. It, it, and then, like, it, if – say I was Green Bay's GM this past offseason, I personally, I would have gone out and signed Will Fuller to the one-year $10 million deal Miami did and let Aaron Jones walk. That's just because wide receiver is a lot more valuable of a position and important of a position than running back is. That's not knocking Aaron Jones. Fine player. But Will Fuller – increases the Green Bay Super Bowl odds more so than Aaron Jones does, especially when you factor in just how talented Tampa Bay secondary is. And considering that they're bringing back their whole team, you know, they're going to, yeah. I mean, th there's no other weapon there aside from Devontae. And it's going to, it's going to be hard to beat them, you know, when. Exactly. So. Yeah, I don't think, I think the Packers front office probably got a little, I think I think they rushed the Aaron Jones deal. I don't think 
they've fully evaluated what they have in AJ Dillon, who, in my opinion, looks like he could be a feature back here pretty soon. You go out and lock Jones up long term, where there were more probably more pressing needs on that roster, oh, especially a wide receiver. Yep. So just some of the things that front office does is very. And and, and I believe that I guess. And I believe they let uh, Cody Lindsay, who is their All Pro center, they let him walk. And yeah. I, I I read an article, I believe it was on Pro Football Talk, um, that Rod that um, Green Bay let a receiver that Rodgers liked, they let him walk or they cut him. I, I remember we texted about yeah. that. Yeah, that, so uh, Camaro kid. Yeah, you know, it's just like little things like that that where it's like, like what are you doing? <laughs> you know, with with what they're doing, it almost seems like they're intentionally trying to piss them off. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and and you know they kind of did the same thing to Brett Favre in a way, you know, to a lesser extent. Yeah. But uh, I, I I saw a tweet about Green Bay that that I thought hit the nail on the head, and I'll I'll, I'll try and find it here, but I'm paraphrasing it. But basically, said so was, you know, that their their fans and you know you could even argue that their front office thinks this way. They they kind of think of themselves as a you know, a, a very historic and proud and successful and winning organization. And, you know, turn to the, the, there is history there and they have won Super Bowl titles. The, the, there's one with Favre. There's one with Rodgers, fittingly enough, against Pittsburgh. But, you know, they're kind of or they're more so of a Dallas Mavericks kind of organization than than L.A. Lakers. And they, I, I think they think they're – kind of a Lakers-esque organization. But but they're kind of a Dallas Mavericks kind of thing where they, hey, you know, you you, you won one championship with with Rodgers and one with Favre, and, you know, it's just like, well, there there should be more here. You, you We should have won more than this. And, and, and when you look at that division over the years, Matt Stafford's been the best quarterback that, that has been in there, you know, Jay Cutler. And it, really, that, that division has not been that good. I mean, Culpepper, no. I, that, that division has not been anything to write home about. So, like, I, I just can't sit here and, you know, Rodgers being a top 10 and arguably top 5 quarterback of all time is probably going to end his Green Bay tenure with just one ring. And that, to me, is a failure. I mean, I and I know it's hard to win, but they, they've only been to one Super Bowl, right? I mean, they haven't even made it to a second yeah. one. So, it's like, you know, it's just like it, – it, like when 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 Joe Flacco was getting there with Baltimore and and you know all these guys Nick Foles got there with Philly I mean it's like Aaron Rodgers like he, he he's got to get back there and the Packers are holding him back. Yep, and I think the thing that makes me the most, I guess, angry you could say about it. You know, I, I'm by no means a Packers fan, but I do enjoy watching Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a great quarterback. Is their front office is their response to all of this controversy has been, oh, we want Aaron to be a Packer for life. We're gonna we're gonna lock him up long term. They really it. haven't come out yeah. and you know owned up to, yeah, we haven't done yeah. our part in helping him and building around him. Rather, yep. we just want we just want to lock him up long term. Yep. The, the you're giving him no reason to sign a long term contract there. No. Oh hell no. No, and like, who who would America rather watch? In a Super Bowl, Jared Goff or Aaron Rodgers? I mean, come on. I mean, come on. It, 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 it's clearly Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it, it, it just it, like well, just, they've gotten to watch Jared Goff in a Super Bowl Super Bowl more recently than Aaron yeah, Rodgers. Yeah, and you know, I don't even know if Green Bay made the playoffs that year. So, you know, who I I just I just feel bad because I feel like on a on a 
individual talent level, Rodgers is right there with Tom Brady. But, I mean, he's never going to catch him in terms of the rings because nope. he hasn't had the weapons in you know over over the years that Brady did in his last year he didn't or the, or the coaching staff or the commitment to um you know his input being valued and being built around that New England had and Green Bay just never did that and you know it's just it's just it's not right it's it's not how you win it, it's it's sooner or later it's going to add up and it's going to catch up to you and I think it has I I think he's out of yeah. there I don't this man, Aaron Rodgers, does not talk to his own family. Uh, you, you are not, you are not winning a stare down with him. Uh, I, I just, I don't see it. He, he, he's, nope. he's made his money. He's successful. He can do anything he wants. He can go host Jeopardy. And, and quite frankly, I think I'd rather watch him host Jeopardy than Jared Goff play football. So you know, I don't, I don't know about you or America, but uh, I, I, I tune into those Jeopardies that he was on. So I, I mean, I'll it's gotten to the point where he's making fun of their. GM and group text messages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think exactly. I think the relationship is past the point of repair. I mean, who knows what could happen? But yeah. the yeah. likelihood of them either trading for somebody to help him, or signing somebody, or drafting someone next year is probably yeah. slim to none. Yeah, and I, it's going to get worse before it gets better, in my opinion. I think that bridge is—it's not fully burnt yet, but it's—it's it's probably about halfway there. It's. Uh, and, and, and Green Bay and their fans are living on a prayer because if, if, if he's gone and Blake Boros is there, woof. <laughs> yeah, but they rush. They can't get a wide receiver, but they'll rush to sign a, a, a backup quarterback. Well, well the bingo. And, and, and the reason they're rushing, I don't think they realize it. The, 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 the reason they're scrambling to do that is because they have failed to do their job properly over the past decade. That that is a very nervous signing in my eyes. But but the 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 reason they're doing that is is it, it's their own fault. Like yeah, it's their own. You know, it's like, and like, you know, I I just you 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 have a league MVP and literally a generational talent, probably a top five athlete on this planet, and Aaron Rodgers in your hometown or or, or playing for your team, and you, you know you just willingly draft a quarterback first round don't tell him don't build around him i mean it's like if if that does not scream hey we're taking you for granted i don't know what does and didn't their does. first round pick this year get a pretty below average grade from pff wasn't 100%. he ranked like 75th yep. out of 115 yep. or something yep yep he would yeah he, yeah, so yeah that was I a reach yeah I don't, I don't know i don't know what's going on up there but say that you want to keep rogers there you want to make him you want to lock him up you want Jordan Love to learn from him, why go out and sign Blake Bortles? That, to me, says that they're nervous that Rodgers is not coming back. Yeah, no. And I think they have every right to be nervous because I would be pretty pissed if I were him. Well, you, you know, after all these years of not seeing Rodgers in, in, in a uh, Super Bowl, you can sign me up to see him playing against Patrick Mahomes twice a year and Justin Herbert twice a year. Rodgers to Denver, book it. Because that, that that's where I want to see him go. Yeah. Um, the the AFC West would be would instantly become must see TV probably every week, and uh, that that would become hands down the best division in football, and probably have three playoff teams. So yep. that that's where I want to see him go. Um, Jared, um, do do um do do you have a preferred destination outside of that, or is it Denver? Uh, you know, out of the teams that I've heard 
the ones I've heard being Denver, obviously the Raiders and then San Fran right before the draft there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a John Gruden fan, so I really don't want to see Aaron Rodgers play for him. They waste um, him too. Yeah, probably. And then, you know, now that San Fran's drafted Trey Lance, there's probably not a need there. So I yeah. would say Denver. And I touched on earlier, Gary Judy, mm-hmm. uh, Rodgers slinging him the ball. He's a deep threat, very good route runner. Um, I think that's a, a really good match there. Throwing Noah Fant. Rodgers has never really had a solid tight end. I think Fant fits that mold. You got Melvin Gordon in the backfield, and I believe they just drafted a running back this year. Mercedes Lewis in Green yeah. Bay? No, no Mercedes Lewis? Yeah. No, <laughs> no I, think, I think that offense, Rodgers can step in and instantly take that offense yeah. up a notch. You got I think K.J. Hamler, another deep threat. Uh, yeah. And, and Plus their defense, their defense is still pretty solid. Kicks ass, yeah. They they've they've invested in their secondary, and you know they still got Roby and they got Vaughn Miller. And like you know, I I just I love Denver as a fit, and, and they have former Steelers offensive line coach Mike Mun- Mike Munchak as as Denver's now O line coach. And you know we we saw the the impact he had here in Pittsburgh, and you, you know you, yep. you 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 look at the Steelers offensive line, you know pass grades and run grades since Munchak has left it I mean I mean it, it, it's literally like a mountain I mean it, it was up here when he was here and it's gone downhill significantly since he left so hopefully yep. Pittsburgh can turn that around but um you know not only would Rodgers have the necessary weapons um he would also have a um, a very good defense um which I don't think you can say about Green Bay but um yeah that I I feel pretty pretty comfortable in saying that's our preferred landing spot for him so and yep. and and Denver has had success in bringing in um free agents yeah well yeah free agents and um generational quarterbacks um towards the end of their career um does peyton manning ring a bell peyton. And, and what yeah. what they, they damn they made two super bowls with him and won one i believe so hey i mean denver you know they have a tracker track record of doing that and you know they did it in the, the, the denver made more super bowls with an eight with a peyton with peyton manning in his late 30s and Green Bay did with Aaron Rodgers in his prime. I, I mean, you know, that, I mean, that just that's that sums it up. That, that literally that sums it up. So that's where I hope he goes. Yep. All right, um, moving on to PFF. Is that cool? Yep. All right. So I am a, a big believer in what Pro, Pro Football Focus does. Um, Jared and I we're, um, we're in, we're in a um, a big Instagram group chat with what probably 20 ish. Probably um, yeah, fifteen to twenty people. Uh, friends, um, the group chat's called ESPN, and, and, and you know we talk sports a lot, send each other like news and posts. Um, shout out to Ben Casoni's Pittsburgh NFL Insider. <laughs> well, he'll be on here at some point. But um, I, I personally, uh, from 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 you know what I see on Twitter, and you know kind of the sense I get from um, Steelers beat writers is that. Um, they're not big fans of Pro Football Focus, and I, I, I am big fans of Pro Football Focus. Um, for, from a personal standpoint, let's start there, and then we'll go into the Steelers standpoint. So, um, <laughs> c- coming off a disappointing uh, fantasy football season um, two years ago, I invested heavily in uh, in Pro Football Focus for this past season, and. Um, I was probably the third best team in the league um, to, to Jared and Sean, but I, I drafted pretty well. 
and it was because I used Pro Football Focus. So, so I, I personally saw the impact that they had as I was using their um, kind of fantasy football draft kit and guide as I went through that. And, and, you know, I drafted the Tampa defense and Antonio Gibson, both of which were, were starters and huge for me as I, what, I think I finished what third or fourth in the league. So you finished third. Yeah. Third. Yeah. So they probably didn't tell you to draft Cam Newton as high as you did though. No, <laughs> no, no, they didn't. But I was betting on, I was betting on Belichick. So, but uh, <laughs> no, they definitely didn't. But so, for, for, from from a personal perspective, I, I, I've I've seen it. I believe in them, and I'm doing it again in this upcoming draft in a couple months. Um, on the Steelers' end of things, so um, George Sahuri, he's he's one of their lead um, analysts over there at PFF. And when when the Steelers, you know, they got off to that steaming start when they were eleven and zero, right? And you know, they're all talking and fired up, you know, as they should be. You know, that's 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 very impressive. And um, George, he he went on their uh, PFF forecast saying that the Steelers were um, overrated. And it, it, if you kind of look at the numbers, um, five thirty eight did five thirty eight did an article about this. Um, they were one of the most overrated, you know, undefeated teams up to that point over the last like, forty years. So 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 the numbers backed it up. Steelers fans just didn't want to hear it. And s- since since George said that. Um, but Bud Dupree called him a clown, and, and then he went on to tear his ACL, which you know I don't I know which injury upon anyone, but um, he, George was right, Bud. Um, also, since George said that, mind you, Pittsburgh was eleven and zero. They went what, what I believe one in five down the stretch, counting one in five down the stretch, counting yeah. the playoff game. So mm-hmm. you know Ben, you know he he started to start throwing more interceptions, and it it, it just got messy. And the PFF said, oh, you know, Ben kind of isn't playing up to the same level that 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 he that he has over the years. And, you know, that comes with father time. That's OK. But it, it, fans just didn't want to hear it because, you know, the Steelers are consistently at least 500 and Ben is, you know, a Hall of Fame quarterback. They, they didn't want to hear that. And PFF, they just told, you know, they just told it how it was. And Steeler fans didn't like it. And PFF got the last laugh. And I think that's something to be learned from that as we head into this season. Because um, newsflash, I don't think the Steelers really had that great of an offseason. And... You know their 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 schedule is probably the toughest in football, or if it's not, it's one of the toughest. And I think I think they graded it as the hardest yeah. in terms of strength of schedule. Yeah. So, so it's, uh, you how, know, I told Jordan this what right around the draft. I would not be surprised if the Steelers finished third in this division. No, well, I I think you could argue they come. I mean, I, I wouldn't bet on it. I I would bet third, but. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise. I, I wouldn't be totally shocked if they came in last. I, no. I, I, I wouldn't. Um, I don't think they're a playoff team. Uh, I don't think PFF will. I think their over under for them is eight and a half wins. Um, that I don't think that's getting you in the AFC playoffs. When you look at the improvement in uh, Miami and uh, in Denver with the Chargers out in LA, I just, I just, I don't see it. You know, can can Carson Wentz back bounce back in Indy? We'll we'll see. But I, 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 I think I, that's going to happen. I, I, I just don't think Pittsburgh is a playoff team. No, they're they're they got a lot of hurdles to get through. Yep. And 
And you know, <laughs> I I don't think that Cleveland and Baltimore are going anywhere. Um, those are two of the most analytically inclined front offices in football. And um, a- a- Andrew Barry, he kicks ass. He he is the um, he as the Browns GM is doing an outstanding job. And the, those two franchises are very analytically inclined, and they would have never drafted a running back in the first round. But um, no, you know, no, and I, I think Cleveland is definitely a team to watch this year for yeah. sure. Uh, we still haven't seen the best of Baker Mayfield. A little bit of bias coming from me. I'm a big Oklahoma <laughs> Sooners fan, but uh, haven't seen the best from him. Uh, they had a really, really good draft this year, in my opinion. Um, Agreed. Getting, getting. Jeremiah Wosu Koromoa had an order day in the linebacker as late as he did in that second round. Granted, there were some injury scares with him, but they traded up and got him. Uh, signing Jadavion Clowney. Uh, that that defense is going to be scary, and I think their offense is going to be just as scary. They get in, hopefully a healthy Odell Beckham Jr. back. Um, you know, he's exciting to watch when he's healthy. Jarvis Landry, one of the better slot receivers in the game. Uh, Mike Hilton actually on Twitter was just talking about who his when he was with the Steelers, who his uh, hardest, hardest to cover? receivers to cover. Yeah, and it was uh, Jarvis, Cole Beasley, and someone else. I really? can't remember. But Co- Cole Jarvis Beasley is pretty talented. Yeah. I, I definitely think that those are, if if, if you look at the numbers or, or, or the or the grades, like that kind of outside of, you know, whatever analysis, the, that sounds about right because Cole Beasley, he kicks ass in the slot. So so I trust mm-hmm. Mike Hilton's word there. Yeah, I, I, I think Cleveland – is I don't want to say head and shoulders, but I think they're pretty clearly the best team in this division. Um, I, I I would bet on them winning I would it. Probably agree. Yeah, and you know I think Pittsburgh's going to struggle. Um, <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. Like I'm I'm not a huge fan of I I I don't think running backs are all that important. But when you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, um, that is one hell of a one-two punch. And um, yeah. You know, I, I think Cleveland is their 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 secondary is much improved um, with uh, Josh Johnson and Greg Newsom, and I, I mean, <laughs> the the Steelers one way or another, whether it be through Ben's doing or Randy Feekner's doing or Matt Canada's doing now, they're gonna have to throw the ball further than eight damn yards down the field. So <laughs> you, you know, I mean, I mean, you're just gonna have to do it. So. Um, you know, we'll see where that goes, but they're going to have their hands full with Cleveland, and I think it's going to go beyond this year because Cleveland, they finally, they have finally found stability with Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski. Um, their analytics department wanted to hire Stefanski in, I believe it was 2019, when when, when they had, um, I think it was Freddie Kitchens in there. Um, they, they, they went with Kitchens over Stefanski, and they um, that Kitchens didn't work out, but um, I think Stefanski will long-term, and... Um, yeah, but Baker, Baker, I think he's going to take another step too. So Steelers have their hands full. And to, yeah, to going back to – No, go ahead. Going back to the Mike Hilton thing, it was uh, his top three slot receivers that he's covered is Jarvis Landry, Tyler Boyd, Colby's. Oh, boy. <laughs> so yeah. all, all, all three of which are in the AFC, and the Steelers will see – is, is Beasley still in Buffalo? He's still in Buffalo? Beasley? Yeah, Beasley's in – yeah. Yeah, so um, two of them are in our division. Yeah, so so we're gonna see what what they see the three of them are combined five times this regular season. So yeah, without Mike Hilton. Yeah, without, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh boy, 
Yep. Yep. That's going to be a problem. So, but you know, going back to, I do think on paper, I think Cleveland has the best team in the division, but just going back to our previous thing about Rogers, you know, Baltimore, they see a need that they need a wide receiver for Lamar to throw to. What do they do? They go out and draft for Sean Bateman out of Minnesota. Yeah. It's like simple things like that. Yep. Yeah. And I, yeah. In what was was a Marquise Brown a a teammate of anyone on Baltimore or, or or did he know anyone or no no? You mean before he got like yeah what do you mean? yeah yeah before before they drafted him did he know anyone there or no? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, uh, no, he knew Mark Andrews. Yeah, so. yeah. So yeah. and 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 probably Ben Powers too, right? If yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not sure if they overlap, but they both went to OU, right? But but I mean, but I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's it's stuff like that, and it's stuff like you know, Cincy taking Jamar Chase. You know, it's like mm-hmm. little stuff like that that, that that keeps the face of your franchise happy. That like, like it should be a slam dunk. You know, that, like yep, you, you shouldn't be going out of your way to piss these people off. Um, no, I'm kind of building on the um, on the Steelers draft. I believe PFF gave them a C or C minus. Um, let me double check. Apologies for not having I guess it, C. but 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 it was one of the lowest grades um, in the league. Um, yeah, I was gonna say I know they got one of the lower ones. And yeah, um, it was a C. Um, they um, they basically said that um, any running back in round one is a reach. Um, I agree. They just don't move the needle really that much. Um, nope. It, it, it's it's not really a knock on Najee Harris. I think he's a fine player. I think he's a, a high end talent. But I, I just would have preferred him in round two or round three than round one. Um, I, I would have taken a tackle if I were Pittsburgh, but that's a different discussion. Um, day two, the Steelers took um, Pat Fryermuth, the Penn State Penn State tight end. Um, they took him at pick fifty five. He was um, graded fifty fifth on PFS big board, so they kind of nailed that pick. Um, he's, he's kind of a throwback tight end. And, and then, um, th- their third pick was Kendrick Green out of Illinois. Um, he's going to be center for them. Um, I, I love that pick. I, I think that he's going to be great. a beast. Um, I, I, I think he's, I think he's mean. I think he's, I, I, I would love for him to play right now. I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm pretty pumped up to see him <laughs> re- re- really go out and, and hopefully replace a, what was a um, c- kind of a I don't want to say washed up, but but the kind of a shell of his former self in in uh, Marquise Pouncey last season. Marquise Pouncey. So yeah, uh, going back to that second round pick, I you and I already talked about it, but uh, when I heard Fryermuth's name, I was very angry uh, that I wanted the Steelers to take a center with Creed Humphrey. Oklahoma boy, he was available. Uh, I've watched him the past four years at Oklahoma. The dude is an absolute beast. Um, that's two years in a row where the Steelers have let me down with uh, <laughs> possibly taking a sooner in the draft. Last year it was the Jalen Hurts rumors. Um, I would have been very, very happy if Jalen Hurts was the quarterback of the Steelers. That didn't happen. Uh, not many Sooners in the draft this year. Uh, Creed was the first one to go, I believe. And when he was still sitting there at 55 and with him, with the Steelers needing center as a position, I guess as a weak position, uh, I wanted that to happen so badly and it didn't. 
Um, luckily, though, KC scooped him up. He'll be going to a good team. Uh, but one of these days, we'll see a sooner come to Pittsburgh, hopefully. <laughs> Trey, uh, Trey Norwood, are you going to make it? Um, probably not. No? <laughs> uh, no. That's no. a shame. Uh, the Oklahoma's defense is not the greatest and probably three years, three, four years ago, it was pretty bad. The last two years, they've kind of taken a step forward, but Trey Norwood, uh, he's probably going to get cut. I would not say he's going to make the Steelers roster. Practice I'd be work? happy if he does. You mean practice work? Maybe the practice work. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you could say practice work, but uh, I'd be happy if he made it. Uh, I kind of forgot that they picked him up actually in the seventh yep. round there. But. He, he's the uh, heir apparent to uh, Terrell Edmonds. So, could be. Yeah. <laughs> Not, 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 uh, not, not losing much there. The there. Yeah. Not, not, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think the Steelers are going to have an uphill battle here in 2021. Um, we will see where the rest of this offseason takes them. Um, cough, cough, please go resign Steven Nelson. Um, I think he, I think you, I, I don't think they ever should have cut him in the first place, but, um, he, he was great. He was also great highly via PFF's metrics and to, um, to Steeler fans, um, I like you know I'm I'm not really here. Well, if if uh, if you're listening this far in the podcast, thank you. First off, and second off, you know I'm not really here to blow sunshine and rainbows up your ass. So um, the Steelers, I don't think are going to be that good in, t- in 2021. Maybe maybe 500, but I don't see a no. playoff team there. All right, um, that's all I got on that. Um, Jared, you got anything else? No I, no, I think we touched on everything there. Uh, okay. My biggest takeaway from the draft is I'm missing out on Green Humphrey. Uh, so be it. Kendrick Green looks like a pretty good player. Uh, yep. Well, excited to see him play. All right. And so get into our last segment here before we wrap up our first episode. Yes, we do. So um, <laughs> the NHL finally, an emphasis on finally, announced the uh, playoffs, the uh, – First round of the Stanley Cup playoffs um, schedule today. Um, it felt like an eternity um, to, to the point where I texted one of my friends, man, I, I just hope that they release this before next year so we can go to one of the games. So they did. Congrats. Um, the, the, the bar was low, but you cleared it. Um, so um, Jared and I are going to um, pre- make our first round predictions. Um, do we want to save Penguins Islanders for last or do it first? We can do it first. You want to do it first? Okay. Yeah, we'll do it first. Yeah, Jordan and I and another buddy from school will be going to game two on Tuesday. So that'll be really exciting. Uh, First playoff game in a, what, year and a half? Since the Islanders, yeah. Two years. Yeah, Yeah, since the Islanders. Sophomore year, yeah. I don't know if we made it to a playoff game that year. Nope. It was a very quick exit that year, but... uh, it's going to be really exciting to get back in, into PPG. Playoff atmosphere is going to be crazy. Uh, Penguins just announced they're increasing capacity to what? Is it 10,000 now? Half 10, barn. 9,000. Half barn. 9,000. So that's going to be really fun. Uh, and yeah, we'll get into it. All right, so, go ahead. You're batting lead off. All right, let me uh, get my prediction sheet out because I don't remember what I wrote. So... As far as the Islanders-Penguins series, I have the Penguins winning the series in six games. Uh, I see a lot of people 
saying it's either going to go six or seven. Um, a lot of the guys that we follow on Twitter, Domus, Chushkin, Money Puck, uh, accounts like that, they definitely have the Penguins as being the favorites in this series. Uh, I think they take it in six games. And, you know, we just got word that the past few days, Semyon Varlamov has not been practicing with the Islanders. They've been going with Ilya Sorokin, with Corey Schneider. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's injury-related or what it is, but I think if the Penguins can figure out the Barry Trotz trap system and the boring style of hockey that the Islanders play, uh, which we've seen them do it in the regular season this year a few times, I think uh, you know they've been on a roll recently. Finally have an established third line, probably our best third line since the HBK days, Hagelin, Benito, Kessel, with Carter uh, and Jared McCann. They've really found some... Chemistry. Some chemistry here in the in the past few weeks. So I am going to say Pittsburgh in six, and hopefully our defense steps it up a little bit. Uh, past past month or so, we've had some lackluster games on defense, and goaltending has kind of been subpar. But I think mm-hmm. Pittsburgh takes this series in six. All right, so um, I'm taking Pittsburgh in seven games, um, which which is kind of fitting because in <laughs> In previous years, I've taken them to, to beat both the Islanders and Montreal in like five or six, and you know it kind of it kind of um, kind of boils down to kind of me being a, a, a little overconfident, I guess, and, and kind of underestimating the the Islanders because, quite frankly, I hate their style of play, and um, you, you know I'm I'm sure Jared remembers the conversations we've had about how boring. It is to watch the Islanders play hockey. It sucks, and I, I hate the trap. It's not entertaining to watch, you know. But 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 that but diving into this series, so I think that third line you just mentioned, Jared of um, McCann, Carter, and Freddie Goudreau. I think that's going to be the key to this series, and here's why: the Penguins' first line is ha, has been kind of average based on the advanced metrics and the Islanders top defense pair, it kicks ass. I, I, I'm talking like high fifties, sixties in terms of expected goals and shot share and scoring yep. chance share. So, Brian you know, Bullock and Adam Pellick, yep. yep. Yeah. That's probably the best defense yeah. pair in hockey. So Penguins fans, you've been yeah. warned. Um, Which is so surprising because that, that the Islanders let the ball yeah. go and then they, they find a way to replace it with that. It's just strange. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully the the the, the Sid line can uh, can draw even there and hopefully control territory and um, kind of pin them in their own end and generate some chances. Um, the Penguins second line of uh, Zucker, Gino, and Kapanen, um, provided Gino is healthy. Fingers crossed. Um, I'm a little bit worried here, and here's why. Um, I was listening to, well, actually two reasons. One, I, I don't think Jason Zucker, well, actually three. I don't think Jason Zucker has been a great fit with, with Gino. Two, um, I don't think Kapanen's um, production and shooting percentage, I think he's shooting like 17%, is sustainable. So that's probably going to dip off at some point, which is fine, which is fine. And But, but I mean, it, it just should be expected. And then the third is probably the most important is that um, I was listening to Jay Fresh Hockey, who, who's a great follow if you guys don't follow him on Twitter, uh, and he was saying um, on the Forum 2 Sports um, 
on the Four and Two Sports Talk podcast that um, the Islanders are the best team in hockey at limiting offense off the rush. Kaepernick scores primarily off the rush. That could be a problem. And and, and you know if if Gino is not a hundred percent, then that that could be a problem for the Penguins. Um, yeah. and, and then that's where the third line comes in of McCann, Carter, and Freddie Goudreau. Um, that is going to be the key to this series, I think. Um, that was the key in in many of Pittsburgh's series in 2016-2017. Um, it was kind of the key in, in, in a worse way in 2019 or in, and 2020 when they um, fell short in the postseason, but this year, I mean, Freddie Goudreau, you know, he, he's got the playmaking ability. you got to ride that hot hand. Um, and Jeff Carter and Jared McCann, you know, they can fly. They can rip the puck. And, and, and Freddie's a nice little complimentary piece that can he, – he, he's good on the boards. He, he has a vision and playmaking ability to get McCann and Carter, who are primarily shooters, he gets them the puck. And that is that yeah, that's yeah. going to be key. And then um, hopefully Brandon Tanner's back so uh, we can feed that fourth line to the Wolves and um, they, they can shut the Islanders down. But um, on the Islanders end of things, I think Varlamov, he's kind of a dark horse um, Vesna candidate. I, you know, he, he, he probably wouldn't crack my top five, but top ten he's definitely in there. So, um, yeah. He's kind of rejuvenated his career there with the Islanders. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Trotz and Mitch Korn have done wonders and, and – uh, with with him and Robin Lehner. so um, yeah, we'll we'll see where that goes. But I'm taking the Penguins in seven. Um, I think it's going to be a hard fought series. Um, you know the the Islanders and Barry Trotz have might might have have given Mike Sullivan and the Penguins fits. Mike Sullivan is a fantastic coach, but Barry Trotz has beat him in the last two postseason series, dating back to Washington in eighteen and in the Islanders in nineteen. And um, we'll see what happens this go-around. But I got the Penguins in seven. Yeah, two quick things to add to that. First thing is your boy Anders will not be playing this series. That's also a big loss for New York. Yeah. And uh, second thing, just talking about that third line from our 16-17 runs is, I think it was either what, Monday or Tuesday or even yesterday. I can't remember. It was the five-year anniversary of the Nick Benito mm-hmm. yeah. overtime goal against We're the Caps. Old. So. If we are getting old. That's for damn sure. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, this one here is going to be interesting too. Uh, in terms of Washington Boston series, I have Washington taking this game, this series in seven games. Uh, I know Boston has kind of turned things around since they traded for Taylor Hall. Um, he's finally showing the league what he's capable of doing. Um, once again, that's his MVP year. Once again, yeah. And I don't know, but something is just telling me that Washington's going to sneak away with this series. Um, and I hope that's the case, you know, if the Pens end up beating the Islanders, because I think Boston would give Pittsburgh a harder time than Washington will. But I don't know, something about, you know, hopefully Obi's healthy once it starts. Hopefully Kuznetsov is back for them. Uh, something just tells me that the Caps are going to take this series. It's kind of, I, I, both teams are kind of even. You know, they have two two strong top six, and then their bottom six is kind of meh. Defense is nothing to write home about for either team. 
And then I guess goaltending, I don't even know who Boston's going to start. I would assume it's Tuka Rask. Uh, he's healthy, and they're not playing him. They keep going to Jeremy Swayman. Um, and then Yaroslav Halak, I'm not really sure what they're doing with him. I know today was his birthday, and he got really mad in practice, and he broke his stick off the net. That's about really? all I've heard. Yeah, that's about <laughs> all I've heard of from Yaroslav Halak. Um, I don't know, but I do think the teams are pretty even. But I would say Washington's going to take it in seven. All right. Um, here's my take. I, I think this is going to be one of the more lopsided series in round one. Um, I'm in the opposite direction of Jared. I think Boston is going to smoke them. Um, I, I would take probably all three of Boston's goalies before I take any of Washington's one. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how low I am on the Capitals. Um, Boston's first line of Marshawn, um, Bergeron and Pasta, I think is at worst the second best line in hockey, maybe to Colorado's top trio. So, um, I, I don't think Washington or Pittsburgh's top line sniffs it, and I think we no. should stop pretending that they do. Um, I also think that Charlie McAvoy is one of the best um, defenders in hockey. I don't think Washington has anything to match that. Um, John Carlson. <laughs> John Carlson from a, from a production standpoint, but the Charlie McAvoy, he's 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 in the prime of his career. Um, the Taylor Hall trade, I, I just can't wrap my head around how a, how a former second round pick only, or how a former number one overall pick went for a second round pick, um, when he's three seasons removed from, from a league MVP. Um, I felt, I feel like more teams should have been in on this. Um, and that has transformed the Bruins ro- roster. I believe they've only lost, um, I want to say or two games. or three games in regulation yeah. since the deadline. And fittingly enough, one was to Pittsburgh. Which is good, but um, I, 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 I saw I saw a stat today that since that trade, I, um, I believe Boston's top line has scored 36% of their goals, and then their second line has scored 32%. So that that's kind of what you expect in, in, in a top six environment where you know it, there's been a, a great deal of down, of a great deal of balance now, where they're not counting on that top trio in Boston so much. And where where kind of Krejci and Smith, they, they now have a, a guy who, who can kind of carry that line, and it, it you're not you're not over relying so much on two kind of middle six tweener guys. But um, I'm I am um, I, I I don't think Washington is, is is really going to give this much of a series. I think their goaltending worries me. Um, Alex Ovechkin. Um, I don't even know if he's skating. Um, I saw last week that, and or maybe it was early this week. I don't, I don't exactly recall, but he wasn't even skating. So I think there's some, some, some cause for concern there. And I, I just think Boston is, is a, is an avalanche coming down a mountain, and I do not want to run into them if I'm anyone in the East Division. And I think um, Washington is in some trouble here. So I got the Bruins yeah. in what five, I think. Yep. I think that's what you said. Boston yeah. in five. Yep. I, I went on a limb and took Washington in seven, and if there's a series that I'm going to be completely wrong about, it'll probably be this one. Well, in, in, in fairness, this is hockey, and chaos, randomness, and luck are always a thing, and the, and the best team doesn't always win. So, nope. who knows? Next? Next up, Carolina and Nashville. 
Uh, I got Carolina in four. Um, that team, I don't think people realize how good that team is. I don't think they get enough credit for how good they are. Um, Rod Brendamore has really built a strong foundation down there. Uh, you got Ajo, Svechnikov. Even Jordan Stahl's having a really good year this year. Um, and I don't think Nashville's going to be able to keep up with their young guys. Uh, Jacob Slavin is extremely, extremely strong defensively. And, you know, Nashville was out of it for a while. They went on a hot, a hot run there probably back in late March, early April, and they kind of snuck in at the end there. But I don't think they're going to be able to keep up. Uh, their goaltending kind of scares me as well. I'm assuming UC Soros is going to get the nod in that, considering what we saw. After, he is carrying them. Yeah, considering what we saw after Rene's game the other night, his, his ovation in Nashville kind of made it seem like Nashville's leaning to Soros, which is probably the better decision. Um, but, you know, Nashville still has some strong guys on their roster, Forsberg, Jordan, Jordan's favorite, Victor Arvidsson. <laughs> well, um, well. The back end, Roman Yossi, but uh, I don't think they will be able to match Carolina's style of play, and therefore I have Carolina taking it in four games. Yeah, I have. Is, is, is Peter Morazic back yet for Carolina? I don't know, but I feel like, and I haven't really looked at the numbers on this, but I think they should start Alex um, Nijolkovic. Nijolkovic, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like they should be starting him um, by all accounts, whether it be Sarah Siv or, um, or uh, Dimitri Filipovich. I was listening to his podcast earlier today. Um, I think that um, both Saros and Alex, Alex Nijolkovic, I believe is how you pronounce it, should be the starting goalies in the series. Um, I have Carolina in five. Um, I think I think Soros is go, is probably going to steal a game or two. Um, you know, just just kind of considering how the playoffs work, sweeps are rare. And you know, I I, I think Carolina is one of the best teams in hockey. Um, their forward depth is elite. Their blue line depth is elite. And you know, you know, you kind of look at at Aho and um, Martin Nakis and Andrei Sechikov and Dougie Hamilton. They're all kind of coming together in their primes at the same time. So. You know that that's really good for Carolina. Um, that's a very fun market. There are a bunch of jerks down there. Um, Don, Don Cherry can take a hike. Um, I, I, I'm 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 pulling for Carolina if, uh, if 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 Pittsburgh gets knocked out. I'm I'm pulling for Carolina. So um, I, I I don't think this will be a particularly close series. But but I mean I guess you never know. Nashville um, they, they don't really impress me. They feel like they have a bunch of overpriced forwards. And, um, you, you know, there's just not much to write home about there. Um, I, I'm really, really, really at the end of the day, I'm not tuning in the games to watch Matt Duchesne and, and Ryan Johansson and Phil Forsberg, where, where Carolina, there's a lot more high end talent there that, um, you know, that, that intrigues me and Jordan Stahl's there. So wouldn't mind seeing him get another ring. So I got Carolina in five. Yep. Next one might be the most exciting, exciting series in round one. Um, there's been some absolute shootouts with them this year over the course of the season, and it's the Tampa Bay Lightning and Florida Panthers. Um, as much as I want to see the Panthers take this series, I have the Lightning winning this one in six games. Um, I don't know, something about what the Lightning have done over the past few years 
and, you know, having Andre Vasilevsky in net. Granted, he's probably played his worst hockey when he plays the Panthers this season. But, uh, I don't know, something something just tells me that Tampa's going to keep rolling into round one of the playoffs and take the Panthers out in six. Like I said, I'd much rather see. Uh, it's always nice when you see different teams winning uh, each season. Mm-hmm. But uh, Athens, Florida, they've really, really upgraded their team this year. The Panthers, uh, their depth has gotten a lot stronger. Uh, Barkov and Huberto continue to carry that team. Those guys are really exciting to watch. Um, you know, former Penguin Patrick Corn. Patrick Hornquist, he's thriving down there in, in the role that they're using him in. So, you know, I wouldn't at all be surprised to see the Panthers take this series. Yep. yep. He's going to win it in six. He, he will be ready to go come come game one of that series. I promise you that. Yep. So, so I have um, – I'm going against Jared here. I have Florida in seven games. Um, don't get me wrong, I think it's a total crock that Tampa is uh, sneaking Nikita Kucherov back into this series. Uh, I will die on that hill. Um, they knew damn well he was uh, going to be ready for this, and the league did nothing about it. Um, that That is irritating to me because I don't want to see them go back-to-back. And newsflash, I don't think they will. Um, so the reason I have Florida in seven, um, kind of the first reason is because Florida themselves, they've done a great job this year. And credit to Bill Zito and Joel Quinville. Um, I, I was reading an article yesterday, and, and I sent it to Jared and, and our other buddy, Nardo, who's who's absolutely hilarious. But um, basically, F- Florida has gone out and targeted two kinds of players here over the over, over the last year or so since Zito took over. And they are fast wingers who can, who can create off the rush, such as Anthony Duclair. Carter Verhage, which I don't know how Tampa Bay did not let him go. And that oh, signing has been incredible for them. And Owen Tippett, who was in-house and they drafted, and then they went out and acquired um, a couple of defensemen who can um, beat four checkers to lose pucks and quickly jump up into the uh, play in the offensive zone. That is Gustav Forsling, who, who they have completely turned around. Um, and then Marcus Nudevera from Columbus, who Zito brought over from Columbus, and then Mackenzie Weger, who's an analytical darling, um, he has filled the role of Aaron Ekblad since he went down with a bad knee injury. And then Florida has has kind of taken a page out of Tampa's book from a system standpoint um, and, and kind of going two forwards low in the offensive zone and then three skaters high. So, so the 2D are high, and then they have a forward. The, the, the F3 is, is high in the zone. So that, that, that creates puck support, and, and it really helps them defensively, and it, and it can kind of help them keep plays alive because it's hard to get out with the extra skater up there. And, and T- Tampa Bay also does this. So it, it's going to kind of be a Mexican standoff here in ter- from, 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 a, from a system standpoint um, between Florida and Tampa. Um, I also um, saw a stat the other day that Andre Vasilevsky has allowed but I think it's four goal, four more goals nine times this season. And I believe four of those have been against Florida. So Florida oh, yeah. has given Tampa Bay fits. And I, I've, <laughs> I, I've kind of been on the hill for quite some time that, that John Cooper is a little overrated as a coach. And I think Joel Quindle is a better coach than John Cooper. So I think that is something to factor in here as well. And then um, 
Victor Hedman, um, there's been some reports from Sportsnet that he is not at 100% and will be going, um, will be undergoing surgery after the season. Surgery. That's huge. Um, a Victor Hedman at less than 100% is a big deal. And um, t- t- Tampa's underlying and tangible numbers with him um, on and off the ice are pretty telling because they're not what you would expect them to be. And um, that's a big problem for Tampa Bay moving forward. Um, even if Tampa wins this, I don't see them going probably past the second round. Or, well, they, they could make it to the Final Four, but I don't think they're going back-to-back either way. But I got Florida in seven. It's going to be a hard-fought series, and um, Stamkos and Cooch will make it tough. But um, I'm going with the Panthers to win their first series, and God only knows when. Yeah, I think goaltending is going to be a big, big part of this series. Uh, like you mentioned, Vasilevsky has not played the best against the Panthers this year. In- and then you got Florida and Florida has more depth at that position. I mean, they can go three yep. deep, you know? Yeah. When so. Bobrovsky, Drieger, and Spencer Knight. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be exciting. Uh, we'll, we'll kind of fly through these Western Conference series a little bit quicker. Um, Vegas, St. Louis. I have Vegas in five games. I don't think this is going to be much of a series. Um, <laughs> St. Louis is now two years removed from a Stanley Cup. And both those years, it seems like they've taken kind of a step back. Jordan Bennington is not the goalie we saw the year they won the cup. Perhaps um, a new Jordan Faulkner sim- in that. No, I'm kidding. You don't. You don't. Uh, he seems to be wanting to fight the other goalies more <laughs> than uh, making saves this year for whatever reason. Uh, can't figure that out why he keeps uh, having antics on guys like that. Um, but I think Vegas. They're one-two punch in that Robin Lehner and Flower, uh, plus their forward forward group is just kicks ass. Lethal, yeah. Lethal. Marsha Show, uh, William Carlson, Hodges. Mark Stone, Jordan Shaver, Mark Stone. Love uh, that team is just there's something else, and I think we're going to see them in Colorado coming out of the West, and uh, I'm going to take them in five games against the Blues. Yeah, so I um I echo a lot of. Oh, a lot of what Jared just said there. Um, I think Vegas is one of the best teams in hockey. Um, I think their blue line is pretty damn good. Um, Alex Petrangelo, he's kind of had a down year in his first year out there, but um, Shea Theodore is fantastic. Um, Zach Whitecloud as a rookie, um, I think he's come on pretty strong. I'd have to take a further look, but those are the indications I get. Um, yeah, you know, Flurry is having a Vesna caliber season out there. Um I think you could argue he's he's the leader for it. Um, he, he's at worst third. Um, Robin Lehner, uh, we've seen firsthand what he can do in a playoff series. Um, I, I think Vegas is, is, is going to take this. Um, I think St. Louis, just because of their kind of experience, and you know they, they, they have some nice nice top six forward pieces. I think they, they you know they can sneak away with two games here, but um, I think I think Vegas is the better team by a pretty considerable margin. Um, that's all I got. All right. Going on to Colorado and Minnesota. Um, I have the Avalanche winning this series in five games, just like Vegas. Uh, you know, Bill Guerin has kind of retooled that Minnesota Wild team. Um, Kirill Kaprizov has been nothing short of fun to watch this year. He's been electric. Uh, but I don't think – I think the inexperience with that Minnesota Wild team is going to hurt them. 
Um, plus, Colorado is just an absolute monster. They're terrifying. The game. Yeah. Yes, terrifying. Uh, Nathan McKinnon's probably going to put on a show, just like always. Uh, his supporting cast on that top line is is lethal. Uh, Kel McCarr in the back end. Uh, I don't think Minnesota's going to be able to keep up with number one, their speed, although Minnesota's gotten quicker themselves. I just don't think it's a good match for a team like the Wild in the first round, so I'll take Colorado in five. Um, uh, all right, I have Colorado in six. Um, I'm going to start off by saying I absolutely love the Colorado um, kind of vision and the way they've done things. Um, I think it's very progressive and analytically inclined. Um, I, I, I also love that um, Sam Gerard's dog is making announcements as to when he'll be back in the lineup. Uh, I think that's wonderful, and I think more teams and players should be doing this. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Colorado, they're, they're just terrifyingly good. I mean, that's the best way to put it. Um, Nate McKinnon, he's a, um, he's a little banged up, but I think he's going to be good to go for game one. Um, Colorado's the best team in hockey. Um, I would bet on them winning the Stanley Cup. Um, I think it's their year. I think their depth is much improved. Um, I I don't think I can recall a better one-two-three punch on the on the back end than Kale McCarr, Sam Gerrard, and Devin Taves. Maybe since the um, Red Wings in 0809. I mean, I mean, it, 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 it they are that good. They control territory at that rate, or damn near it. And um, you know, as long as Phil Grubauer can hold up, because their 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 backup goalies are horrible. Um, so th- that's their flaw, but everything else is, uh, pretty damn, pretty damn good. And, um, I, I have the abs in six because I, th- I, I, I think Minnesota is a legitimately good hockey team and I could see this going yeah, seven. Yeah. And, um, you, you know, to your point, Jared Kaprizov, he's, he's fun as hell to watch. Um, Bill Guerin's done a nice job up there. He, um, I was kind of taking, taking a back at a couple of his moves, um, on the surface, but they played out pretty well. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see Minnesota doing well. I, I just don't think that they're ready to take on a team of, uh, of Colorado's, um, nature. Um, because that, yeah. I, I, I said earlier, Boston's an avalanche coming down the, uh, 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 a hill. The, 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 they're an avalanche at double the speed of Boston because <laughs> the, I mean, they, they're just so fun to watch and, um, their, 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 their high end talent is, Stunningly good, and their prospect pool is deep as hell. So um, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. I think they're going to be the Pittsburgh of the next decade, and I think they could probably get their first cup this year. Abs and six. All right. This one will be a fun one. Uh, Toronto and Montreal. Um, both Jordan and I have Toronto winning in six. Um, Austin Matthews scored at a ridiculously high pace this year. Uh, what did he finish with? 40? At least 40, yeah. Something like that. Just absurd. Uh, you know, hopefully it'll be interesting to see what Toronto does in net. Um, you know, Jack yeah. Campbell was a really good acquisition for them. He played extremely well this year. I think Freddie Anderson played his first game in over a month and a half the other night. Uh, he wasn't playing his best hockey this season, and then he was dealing with an injury a lot too. Um, but I think Toronto takes this in six. 
I don't think, you know, Montreal started off really, really well, really strong. Uh, they ended up firing their coach. Uh, they have some young pieces. You know, Cole Caulfield was just called up about a month or uh, less, than, less than a month ago. Uh, Suzuki's up there. He's a baller. Um, I was reading a piece on Thomas Tatar the other day. wouldn't say he's underrated, but he is a very strong top six forward. Uh, I just don't think Montreal will be able to match the firepower of Toronto. Uh, so I'll go to Toronto in six. Um, let's see what I got. Yeah, I also have Toronto in six. Um, Montreal is a hard team for me to get a gauge on. Um, I, I I just feel like they're, they're they're always trying to do something. Like whether it be waivers or trades or resigning the GM or firing the coach. Like I feel like there's just like they're always trying to do something that doesn't really move the needle all that much. And like they like you know kind of bringing Jake Allen in. It's like like you know, he, he's he's been a fine backup, but he he's not worth four million. <laughs> you know, so I I I just feel like Montreal is a little bit too hyped. Um, I feel like they were a better team last season um, when they upset Pittsburgh and the bubble. Um, that they, they they were actually a very good team that last year and definitely better than their twenty four seed or 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 whatever they were. I think it was twenty four, but. Um, yeah, uh, Toronto's high in talent is great. Uh, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, uh, good luck. Um, Victor Mete is gone. I think Shea Weber. I don't think he can. You know, unless Carey Price steals this, I, I was going to say that. I, I, you know, which is certainly possible. I, I think Toronto wins this in, in six. I, I, I don't see it going beyond six. Um, no, but. My only plus for Montreal is Brendan Gallagher should be ready for the start of this series. That is a huge boost to their lineup. Mm-hmm. Jordan and I are both really big fans of him. His play reminds us a lot of Patrick Hornquist. He's going to the dirty areas and for, you know, wreaking heck. For, pro- probably a better version of Hornquist, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, probably. He, he, yeah. he, he controls territory so well. And not, I, mean, he, I don't know if you guys can hear it. My dog's barking. She's made her first appearance. Chloe, you're welcome. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, I, my, my, Montreal has a snowball's chance in hell with Price and Weber and, and you know, some of their guys, but I, I, I don't think it's likely. So Toronto with six. And for the last series, Winnipeg and Edmonton, uh, Jordan and I have some different takes on this one. I have Winnipeg, Evan, um, Connor Hellebuck is a fantastic goalie, I think, in order for Winnipeg to you know, handle the firepower of McDavid and Drysaddle. I think Hellebuck has to be on his game. Uh, we've definitely seen that he's capable of it. And I like Winnipeg's supporting cast. Um, Blake Wheeler, very solid player. Mark Scheifele is as well. I'm not certain if Nikolai Ehlers is going to be back. If he is, that is a huge boost to their lineup. I know when the report came out, he was missing the rest of the regular season. Not sure if he's going to be back for the playoffs. If he's back for the playoffs, that is huge. He was probably their best forward this season. Uh, Kyle Connor, he's got a rocket of a shot. Really like him as well. Their blue line kind of scares me a little bit. I think that's where McDavid is going to do most of his damages using his speed to get past their blue line. But I think Winnipeg has the advantage in net, although Mike Smith is playing on a different level this season for whatever reason. I don't (laughs) think anybody ever expected that. And if Hellebuck's on his game and Winnipeg's forward group is playing like we've seen it play before, 
I think it'll be a series, and I think Winnipeg's going to take it in seven. All right. I have Edmonton in five. A um, couple things here. Um, to kind of bring this full circle, and this is how it starts, is I think Winnipeg in nature, their overall roster philosophy and structure is very similar to Green Bay, as in the Packers. Very conservative, and they haven't done enough. They sound their hands way too damn much. Um, does do that a lot. Yeah. So I, 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 there, there, there's just too many red flags with Winnipeg. Um, I think their blue line is really, really underwhelming. Blake Wheeler, um, for as solid as he's been, he's taken a big step back this year. Um, the Nick Ehlers injury. Um, I, I, I just think you're asking an awful lot of Connor Hellebuck to steal the series against the best player in hockey. Who, who, mind you, put up more than 100 points in just over 50 games. So, I, I, I that that is just asking him to be Hercules, and I just don't see that happening. Um, Edmonton, I, I, I wish them well. I, I really want to see McDavid and Drysaitel um, succeed. I think they're the closest thing we have to a um, Crosby and Malkin in their prime since well, Crosby and Malkin in their prime. So, um, I hope that. I, I, I really do hope that, that um, Edmonton can, can win a round or two um, because, quite frankly, I'd just rather see Connor McDavid advance than anyone on Winnipeg. So um, that's kind of where I'm at with that. Um, I think the Oilers, you know, th- they're, they're getting there. They're not there yet, but they are making some better decisions since Ken Holland took over. And, um, it, hey, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're in the playoffs. They're, they're, they're not a contender just yet, but um, – I, I like them to um, beat Winnipeg. I don't think this will be a particularly close series just because McDavid is just um, blowing by people and it's just not even really close in some instances. So I got the Oilers in five to kind of wrap this up. Yep. So um, to quickly recap, um, I have Pittsburgh in seven, Boston in five, Carolina in five, Florida in seven, Vegas in six, Colorado in six, Toronto in six, and Edmonton in five. And then a recap of my picks. I got Pittsburgh in six, Washington in seven, Carolina in four, Tampa Bay in six, Vegas in five, Colorado in five, Toronto in six, and Winnipeg in seven. So, so uh, next next month or so of hockey is going to be really, really exciting. Uh, it's going to be great to see fans back in these buildings. It's been a long time coming. Um, you know, we're just – we're so close to getting over this pandemic here. Uh, this summer, hopefully, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, it starts, you know, Ramp kind of right now. You know, these, yep, these teams are letting more and more fans into the stands. And uh, it's going to be really, really fun to watch. Yep. Um, hey, playoff hockey, best time of the year. Um, thank you for listening to the first annual episode. Jared, thank you for doing it. And um, we'll, we'll – uh, Follow our Twitter at Sportlytical and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And um, enjoy the playoffs, guys. We will talk to you soon. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Like we said earlier, this is something Jordan and I have had in the works for a while now. And we're really excited to bring you guys some content to listen to. And what we're most excited about is we're going to be bringing people on to kind of BS and talk with us a lot. So we're really looking forward to it. Thanks for listening to the first episode and we'll catch you on the next one.